In our first reading, the prophet Ezekiel was consoling the Jews exiled in Babylonia, explaining that their exile had been caused by infidelity and disloyalty to God on the part of their kings and religious leaders who had used their power and authority to exalt themselves. He introduces God as the good shepherd, reminding us of Christ's claim to be the good shepherd king, leading, feeding, and protecting his sheep. Today's responsorial Psalm 23 serves as our act of faith, trusting love, and grateful thanksgiving offered to Jesus, who is our good shepherd. In the second reading, St. Paul presents Christ as the all-powerful ruler king who raises the dead and to whom every form of power and authority must eventually give way. Today's gospel describes Christ the king coming in heavenly glory to judge us based on how we have shared our love and blessings with others through genuine acts of charity in our lives. Jesus is present to us now, not only as our good shepherd leading, feeding, and healing his sheep, but also as dwelling in those for whom we care. In the parable of the separation of the sheep from the goats at the last judgment, every person to whom we give ourselves, whether hungry, thirsty, or a stranger, naked, sick, or in prison, is revealed to us as having been the risen Jesus. Our reward or punishment depends on how we have recognized and treated this risen Jesus in the needy. Our life messages this week in Scripture, first, we need to surrender our lives to Christ's rule. Since Christ, our King, lives in our hearts with the Holy Spirit and the Heavenly Father, filling our souls with his grace, we need to learn to live in his holy presence, doing his will by sharing his forgiving love with others around us. We need to be constantly aware of his presence in the scripture, in the sacraments, and in the worshiping community. Second, we need to fight against the enemies of Christ's kingdom. Terrorism has affected the entire world, including Christ's kingdom on earth. These terrorists are people who slaughter the unborn, engage in frontal attack on the modern family through provocative television, movies, music, and pornography. Eradicate any recognition of God from the public display and public schools. Hence, Jesus the King needs convinced apostles who are prepared and ready to fight against these enemies, first by prayer, then by accepting willingly the sufferings that come our way and offering them to God with Jesus our King and reparation for our sins and the sins of the world. And finally, by living lives of loving, humble service, using our gifts generously for all.
The battlefield is the heart, the home, the school, the place of employment, the neighborhood, and the parish. We need to ensure that Jesus is always the king of our hearts. We need to make a permanent, total commitment to him and to live out that commitment with the necessary sacrifices, conviction, hard work, and daily prayer. Third, we need to make Christ the King our personal, familial, social, and cultural life. Personal by allowing him to be king and center of our heart through prayer, receiving the sacraments, and freely entering a personal relationship with him. Familial by creating a proper rule and servant leadership in the family. Let us have a king, a queen, prince, and princesses in our home. Social, by not divorcing ourselves from the state, from legislation, and from affecting the social order. And cultural, by bringing Christ and his beauty and radiance into the living traditions of our community. My brothers and sisters, the solemnity of Christ the King is not just the conclusion of the church year. It is also a summary of our lives as Christians. On this great feast, let us resolve to give Christ the central place in our lives and to obey his commandment of love by sharing our blessings with all his needy children. Let us conclude the church year by asking the Lord to help us serve the King of Kings as he presents himself in those reaching out to us, demonstrating our church's corporal works of mercy. To ponder this next week, the perspective of justice from Gerald Daring. Now this is, this is long, so this homework is posted on the board on both exits to the parking lot to take a picture with your phone, okay? Because you're not gonna remember all this. The kingdom of God is, the kingdom of God is a space. It exists in every home where parents and children love each other. It exists in every region and country that cares for its weak and vulnerable. It exists in every parish that reaches out to the needy. The kingdom of God is a time. It happens whenever someone feeds a hungry person or shelters a homeless person or shows care to a neglected person. It happens whenever we overturn an unjust law or correct an injustice or avert a war. It happens whenever people join in the struggle to overcome poverty, to erase ignorance, to pass on the faith. The kingdom of God is in the past, in the life and work of Jesus of Nazareth. It is in the present, in the work of the church, and in the efforts of many others to create a world of goodness and justice. It is in the future, reaching its completion 
in the age to come. The kingdom of God is a condition. Its symptoms are love, justice, and peace. Jesus Christ is king. We pray today that God may free all the world to rejoice in his peace, to glory in his justice, to live in his love. Viva Jesus, Jesus lives.